I don't know what it says about your Christmas ivy that you're going to need to rest after Christmas, but I think that's true for everyone at this point, right? Well, good morning. My name is Matt. Uh, my, name, I am, my name is Matt again. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. It's going to be a good morning, guys. Um, we are continuing uh, in our series this morning that we've been on in during this uh, Advent season which is not about Advent at all. So hopefully you've gotten all your Advent stuff in because now we're kind of shifting gears and heading into a conversation with the scriptures that I believe the Apostle Paul in the Old Testament wants to have with us about one of the, maybe one of the more challenging topics that emerges when we think about what it looks like for us to live at our call in the context of the relationships we have and the particular roles that we live out in those relationships. A couple weeks ago, We talked about what it looked like to live out our calling within the context of singleness, being a single man or woman. Uh, We talked to then I talked about uh, what it looked like to be uh, parents, right? What does it look like for us to live out our calling within the context, within the reality of our parenting? And then last week, Steve shared with us what it looks like within the context of being a spouse, being a husband or or a wife. And this morning, we're going to just lightly traverse the... uh, uh, you know, the, uh, what, I, what I call this, the minefield that is our role as children who honor their parents. Children who live out their calling as children who honor their parents. So let's jump straight into the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 6. Hear the word of the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Paul gets this from Exodus 20. Let's look at that. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Scripture tells us that the Ten Commandments were written on tablets of stone with the very finger of God, and that the the first four of those commandments were were centered upon the reality, what it looks like for us as people, as the people of God, to be able to have relationship with Him, to interact with Him. And then the next six commandments are pretty much talking through the reality of what it means for us to relate to one another. How do we have relationship one with another? Now, the interesting phenomenon in this is that the the first four of these develop the the safeguards, if you will, of what it looks like to have a a, a deep love for God, with the implications that with a deep love for God, we will naturally overflow, roll out into a love for, a consideration for, a thoughtfulness towards others, those who are created in his image. And the not-so-subtle implication is that the deeper our love is for God, the deeper and truer our love, our capacity to love others will be. So that's kind of a fundamental principle, and it applies broadly, not just when it comes to honoring our parents. Hudson Taylor, who was uh, one of the, like, kind of is the missionary that's credited with kind of bringing the gospel, if you will, to China, uh, overheard someone talking about him, saying that what they heard, they said, hey, listen, uh, the reason why Hudson Taylor went to China is because he loves the Chinese. And Hudson Taylor said, no, I didn't go to China because I love the Chinese. I went to China because I love God. Because I love God, I, I went to China and found myself loving the Chinese. Loving God is the key to loving others. In fact, the, the basis for all morality, all ethics, and all relationships 
are centered on, are cradled in a love for God. I bring this up because at the outset, it puts our role of honoring our parents, of honoring parents in the proper context and with the proper weight to it. That first, it's a command. It's a command from the Lord. It's actually the fifth of 10 of the famous ones. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option, but it's an invitation out of, and we'll talk about this more, out of a deep love for God based on who he is. Now, with that being said, I feel like I've caveated every sermon I've said in this series, so here we go. I want to acknowledge from the outset that all parents are flawed people. And some of our parents are deeply broken people. That's why many of our family situations in honoring our fathers and our mothers requires more than just a little bit of creativity, more than just a little micro flexibility. And that some of the concepts of what God's inviting us to in this may seem almost impossible to some, like it's too much for him to put that on you. And so what I'd like to do in this morning is just to invite you to, I'm sure you may have like a disclaimer, Matt, you, I hear you, but you don't, you don't know my parents. You don't know the story that I came from, the reality of what I experienced for them. And what I just want to invite you into in this coming moments is to remain open to the spirit of God, that, that what, he doesn't just have something that he wants from you, that he might just have something for you. So we're going to answer three questions, three pretty straightforward questions. What does it mean to honor? Why does God call us and invite us into honoring parents? And lastly, how in the world do we do so? So what, why, and how? So let's start with what does it mean to honor? If you take the, the, the Hebrew word, it actually just means the idea of like making something heavy, right? Making something weighty. It's, it's the idea, the picture of, of putting esteem and responsibility down on someone. The opposite of that would be making something light or making the, the respect or something that matters light in a way that doesn't matter or have significance. Honors an inward regard and esteem that manifests itself outwardly in tokens of respect. So an inward disposition that manifests itself outwardly in tokens of respect. So we honor our parents by respecting the role that God has given them in our lives. Now here's the thing. How we express this honor to our parents will change, and it changes with, with the complexity of our own maturity and growth, and of course, with the changes of seasons and the reality of the reality of what your relationship actually has looked like. The honor we show our parents, however, remains the same. That we honor them remains the same regardless of our age but the form of the circumstances change. So first, the first form, of course, is kind of the zero to 18 form, what Paul calls obey. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. As, as, as children, and that would be, you know, yes, if you're a teen in the room, if you're, if you're kids in the room, like your primary way in which you demonstrate honor to your parents is obedience. It's by obeying their instructions. We looked a couple weeks ago that the primary role of parents isn't just to like be friends with their kids. Instead, it's not to make them happy. It's, 
It's to equip them to be successful, to have meaningful lives with, with God as the center of their life, to equip them spiritually, emotionally, socially, educationally, financially, economically. Because of this, the parents are trainers. Kids, your parents are your trainers. They're training you into what it looks like to follow God in this world. What it means to live a life, to, to succeed in school, to have healthy friendships, to take responsibility for the things that are your responsibility. So in our childhood and in our teens, we honor our parents expressively means obedience and submission, which is why Paul says children, children obey your parents in the Lord. And what is the rationale he gives it? You got to love this. For this is right. <laughs> I think that's Paul's version of because I said so. So if you're a kid or if you're a teen here and you're like, I wanted a little more, this is what the Apostle Paul, the Lord gives you through the Apostle Paul. It's like, this is right. And what he means by that is this is the way God has set it up for flourishing. This is the way God, these are the, these are the tracks that God has laid down for things to work in the way that he intended them to work. It's God's design. Now, of course, you don't obey your parents in things that are going to be counter to what the gospel calls you into. You don't obey them in ways that would be causing you to sin. Of course not. But that's not usually the context. If it doesn't make sense, you don't agree, the invitation from the scriptures is to obey, to honor your parents through obedience. And parents... I remind you, you are God's stand-ins to invite your children to know about him, to what it looks like to relate and move towards him. From birth as parents, we perform for our children the godlike functions of, of provision and loving and, and law-giving. Therefore, it's essential for us as parents, like I said a couple weeks ago, for us to be trainers, not friends. And we do so, if you remember, I talked about not too, too much discipline and not enough instruction or too much instruction and not enough discipline will lead you to having children who are being provoked. So, as adults, though, things shift. The word is not obey anymore. The word is honor. So what is honor? What does that mean for us? What is it not? First of all, it's not trust God doesn't say trust your parents. God doesn't say admire your parents. God doesn't say like your parents. God doesn't say to adults, obey your parents. And the reason is because the Ten Commandments are built to be something that lasts for all of life, that functions for the very principles on which life is based. So God can't say admire your parents because some parents are evil. God can't say trust your parents because some are unstable. Some are untrustworthy. God can't say always obey your parents because relationship will change and you are supposed to leave and cleave. Even if it's not to someone else, you're supposed to leave from the underscore of their authority into a place of new relationship. It says honor. No matter who they are, who you are, what the circumstances and realities are, we must honor our fathers and our mothers. What God does in this and what Paul does in reminding us is he's reminding us that honoring is a moral choice. It's not connected to a particular sense or a particular feeling. It's a fundamentally a moral choice. 
This is how um, Lewis, theologian Lewis Smead says. He says, honor is the, check this out, the unsentimental moral nucleus within complex relationships between child and parents. Anybody have complex relationships between child and parent in your life? Yeah. It, it, the moral nucleus, though, that the center of it is actually a choice. It's a choosing to enter into and to maintain relationship in this way. Everything may change. Honor is a decision to treat your parents with courtesy and dignity and, and to provide long-term loyalty to their best interest, okay? To their best interest. We can give our parents honor without giving them trust, without giving them admiration, and without giving them obedience. That is what honor can be and looks like. So why? Why does God call us, call all humans, call his people to honor our parents? Well, and this is, this is all the way at the bottom. Because God has connected his own honor to the honoring of parents. God has taken his honor and he's connected it to what it means to honor parents. You ever thought it's a little weird that like of all the commands that come in the Ten Commandments, that, that the first relational one is honor your parents? That's the only non-negative one? Like, I don't know. I think we should start with do not murder. Like, that seems like if you're going to, like, lose track along the way, like, maybe, you know, you get down to the end, you're like, oh, and also, like, you should probably honor your parents. But let's, like, not murder and take each other's stuff. You know, that seems like that seems really important. And yet God puts it right there, right there at the beginning of the invitation towards relational wholeness. God says honor. And he ties his own honor in with honoring of, hus of mother and father to the point where if the, the only other... The only other people that if you blaspheme them, if you talk, if you curse them, that receives the same penalty as blaspheming God's name are parents. Same penalty, namely death. It's that significant to the context and wholeness of culture, of life. The bottom line is that we honor our parents. Listen, we honor our parents first and foremost because honoring our parents honors God. Let's say that one more time. We honor our parents first and foremost because honoring our parents honors God. And God is worthy of honor. And he's inviting you to honor them. Now, I know, stay with me. If you're going like, yeah, still, I, just too much, too hard. You don't understand. I just had a time with my parents. It was bad. Just stay with, God's not giving you something that's impossible. Just stay with me. We honor God. R.C. Sproul, like only R.C. Sproul can say, says, God doesn't say, honor your father and mother only when they're honorable. Theirs is a position. They hold an office. Even if they are unworthy of that office, the office itself, itself is still to be honored. So first, we, why do we honor our parents? Because God has connected his own honor to our honoring of parents. Secondly, why do we honor? We honor because parental honor lays the foundation for our attitude towards all other authority figures. If you don't learn to honor your parents, if you don't labor to honor your parents, even as adults, 
there's going to be little foundation for the rest of the authority relationships which we have in our lives. Honoring our parents is how we learn to honor and respect our bosses. It's how, it's how we learn to find ourselves relating healthily with teachers, with, with the government, with church leadership. We often think that authority figures, I think that's probably more so than ever before, that authority figures, an authority, any authority figure has to earn the right to be honored. They have to, they have to earn it. And, and let's be honest, most people don't seem to earn it. And we think that if someone has not earned our respect, they've not earned it, not earned our honor, then we're off the hook. But the scripture just says, no, you're bound. You're bound to honor those that are in authority over your life and you're bound to honor those that God put in your family, namely your parents. The key issue is that respecting for, respect for parents is the very basis for societal stability and God designed it that way. So why do we honor our parents? We also honor our parents because God has attached it to blessing. Again, Ephesians 6, honor your father and mother. Paul puts a little parenthesis there. He says, this is, by the way, just in case you forgot, the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, has like a, like a, like a bonus, like a chaser, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Paul Miller says, this command to honor the people who parent us is coupled with the promise that those who do this will live long and have a good life. This is the principle that may, that when each generation honors their parents, this creates and maintains a social climate that enhances the possibility of a good and long life for people. Now, just to be super clear, if you honor your parents, it doesn't mean you're going to live to your 95. It doesn't mean that like, you're going to have a larger plot of land somewhere. Okay, so let's right-size this. What this is the invitation to understand, what God's saying is that if you want to live in covenant relationship with me, which is what God was doing with his people, right? You're saying, I'm going to give you this land. This is part of my covenant with you. If you want to maintain that kind of covenant relating with me and you honor your parents, then I will relate to you out of this kind of covenant. We're going to have a, a connectedness to the covenant relationship that I have for you. You'll know that you're one of my sons and daughters and I will know for sure because you'll be able to experience the reality that you are committed to me. The covenant blessings of God are available and present to those who choose to honor their parents. So how? How in the world do we honor our parents? I'm going to talk practically and we're just going to basically get it, make it harder and harder and harder. That's just to warn you. Um, and then we're going to talk fundamentally. How do we honor our parents? Well, again, as I said, as young adults, um, as children, we obey. As young adults, as we kind of enter into kind of that separation from our parents, we honor our parents by appreciating their contribution. When we hit the later teen years, our temptation isn't necessarily always to, to rebel so much as it is to dismiss our parents. Start to think that maybe they just don't know so much. They're not connected to reality. Things have moved along since your day. Mark Twain's version of this is he says that uh, when he was a teenager, 
He was amazed at how unintelligent his father was. But by the time he turned 21, he was amazed at how much his father had learned in such a short period of time. So what does this look like? As adults, we honor our parents by seeking out and carefully weighing their advice. You want to honor your parents? Seek out and carefully weigh their advice. Listen attentively to what they say, to, to the counsel they give you, the insight that they have. Even if you end up making a different decision and go in a different direction, whether it's college or jobs or relationships or, or what kind of mortgage insurance to get, honor your parents by seeking and pursuing their counsel. That doesn't mean parents of adults in the room that you give advice unsolicited all the time, okay? So I'm just, I want to cover all the people in the room. Like, like one of the great gifts you can give your children as an adult parent is to wait for them to ask a little. So it depends on where you're at. Some of you like actually need to say something. Some of you just need to like wait until you're asked. So the children of parents, I don't care how old you are in the room, it honors our fathers and our mothers when we seek their counsel, and we hear and listen to them. Secondly, we honor our parents by speaking respectfully to them and speaking respectfully about them. I told you that first one was easy. It's about to get tricky. Our words will be purposeful and attentive, not, not to hurt, not to harm, not to purposefully offend. Instead, rather, to be tender and true to seek to bless them. And so what does that look like? It means you give them credit where you can. Not lip service, but from a heart of gratitude that God has provided for you, that he's trained you, that he's equipped you, that, that he's brought you to this place partly, and maybe a small part, but partly through them. And so you speak it, you articulate it, and perfect as it was, there's this one thing that you taught me, mom, that I really, really appreciate. Significant. I see it in me and I know how to replicate it now because you trained me in it. Like, I, like, I know how to set a table really, really well because my mom taught me. Like, I know how to not get in a fight in a basketball game because my dad taught me. Now, some of you got taught how to have a fight in a basketball game. That's a different kind of training. Also, my mom and dad are in the room, so I have to do this really, really well, just so we're clear. There's something of them in you. I, was, I think I was, we were talking just out in the lobby, right? You were here, Rachel's singing this morning, and I, I said, hey, we're going to talk about honoring parents. And you said, hey, honor, Rachel honors me really, really well. And I immediately thought, that says a lot about Rachel, and it says a lot about you. something in you that I see in me and I want to give you credit and honor. Listen, we honor what is worthy of honor. Not more, not false. We honor that which is actually worthy of honor. And so part of what it means to relate and honor our parents is to intentionally, thoughtfully think about what those things are and, and reflect those back to them in a way that honors them and, of course, honors the Lord. Not only we speak respectfully to them, but we speak respectfully and kindly about them in front of others. 
These are some of the ways in which we honor, especially our kids. Honestly, parents, you want to know how you want your kids to honor you? Like, how are you honoring your parents? Probably the, the, the best litmus, te- litmus test for how your kids will honor you is the way in which you're inviting them into the process of how you're learning to honor your own parents. Whether that's difficult or that's really, really easy. Unclipped, it looks like. There we go. No parent is perfect, and some parents are way less perfect than others. And while your mom and your dad may have had many glaring faults and even done some really terrible things even, one of the ways in which you can honor them is by not speaking vengefully about them to other people, by being careful of the stories you tell and which ones to whom. Now, again, I'm not saying you hold everything in a bottle and lock it up and put it away. We honor by not telling these things is a form of mercy, that they will not get what they deserve for how potentially terrible they were. Now, again, I'm not talking about counselors. I'm not talking about close friends. I want you to think about the the story of Noah. Hold on. Wow, it's causing me trouble. All right, are you there? Yeah. Story of Noah. You all remember Noah? Thank you. Ark, rain, flood, bad days. On the other side of this, the thing you may not remember about Noah is that Noah planted a vineyard and um, he made some bad decisions, okay? Um, he like really loved the vineyard he planted and the wine that came from it and he, he found himself like just drunk, drunk on one particular instance. This is in the Bible in case you're wondering. Um, <clears throat> you know, heroes! Um, he's so drunk, he's also apparently like laying out with um, being uncovered, that means naked. Um, and uh, his, one of his sons, Ham, uh, sees him and goes and talks to other people about it. He goes and talks to his two brothers at least, maybe more people, but at least he's telling his two brothers, like, so dad's hammered in the tent and naked. His other two sons respond quite differently. They actually grab a cloak or, or a blanket of sorts and they actually back in with, the, with it over their shoulders, back in and drop it over his body and walk out without gawking, without, without mocking. And Noah wakes up and he finds out what has unfolded. And I know it seems like the first thing he should be saying is like, so I got a little drunk last night. You know, he thinks that that should have been the first thing, but actually what he experiences as he hears is the shame that he had and what he chose was not covered by his son. And so he blesses richly the two sons who came in and treated him with honor when he had acted shamefully. And then he speaks a curse over his son who took his shame and broadcast it. Now, I don't know this is a direct parental, you know, there's a lot going on there. And there's, you know, commentators have like books about this. But, but the point being is that we have an opportunity, we have an opportunity not to talk about our parents even after they've passed in ways that is seeking vengeful payback for their wrongs to us. Don't be like Noah. Exactly. We honor our parents by relating as honestly and as completely as we and they are able. We honor our parents by relating as honestly and as completely as we and them are able. 
what that means or what that looks like is that at some point it may be important and fitting to articulate to one or to both of your parents the, the unpleasant realities of what it was like to be a child in their home. Because everything is not, you know, rainbows and unicorns, even in the Miller family, especially in the Miller family. And that wasn't like that in your home either. Whether you're a parent or you're a child or you're a parent and a child. Uh, it was a Haley and Hutan were engaged, engaged in 2015 and we're going through premarital counseling. And um, one of the great things about premarital counseling is it just stirs stuff up, you know. And uh, one of the things that Haley, you know, who thought that we would just hung the moon, <laughs> came to realize is, whoa, actually, there's some not great stuff about my, my family, some not great stuff about my dad. And so um, somewhere in that process, probably about three or four months in, um, Haley and I grabbed coffee right over here at Mansell Starbucks. And... She said, hey, there's some stuff I'd like to process with you. And I got this, we got to spend about an hour, almost two hours together, just me hearing from her the ways in which I had like twisted some of her pictures of masculinity in not healthy ways that she's now having to try and undo and, and, and like tease out and sort out with the Lord. And to have to, to hear the reality of like, yeah, I, I, did, I did that. Like I, I really, I, I hurt you. I was, I've talked about like being too harsh and too direct and too hard and and like to hear it was hard, but it was honoring. You know why? Because it means that we want to have a real relationship together. Haley honored me with the truth that was hard to hear that I, by the way, knew was true. In a way that invited us into the kind of relationship that leads us to not only just father and, and daughter, but also to a adult friendship, encouragement, challenge with one another. That's honoring to our parents to talk about reality in reality in a way that honors them as they are able, as you are able, which means you might not do it perfectly. You might not do it right. They may not respond perfectly or, or, or exactly right, but it's an invitation to honor them with the truth. Wow. It's quite the day. Honoring is not agreeing with everything. It's not never disagreeing with everything. Next, we honor our parents by caring for their needs. One temptation that there is as our parents move into laser phases of life is to begin to, to neglect them. As, as they become, as our lives become busy and complex, to stop seeking to connect with them, to not think ever about what they may need. Now, caring for your parents may mean, financial, may mean some form of financial help and support. It may. It may not. And for some people, it means as your parents are aging to actually bring them. Bring them and move them. Hold on. They're doing this sign to me. I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> don't move. Don't touch things. Um, for some people, it's meant, it means bringing their parents to live with them for periods of time. Or, 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 but it, and it's, that may mean that or may not mean that. It, it means, though, making sure that your parents, as they age, are being cared for, especially as they move into seasons where they cannot care for themselves effectively. 
And that is a difficult transition and it can be a frustrating or unclear or uncertain time as parents and as children. We honor our parents when we care for their needs as their needs begin to rise. Now, I know some of you may still be thinking, Matt, I hear you, honor your father and mother. I know God said so. I want to do that, but you, you just, you don't realize, like my, my dad was, like he, he left, he, he abandoned. My mom, like she beat us. She was, she was abusive verbally. And my parents never listened to anything. They never paid attention. They never came to stuff. They didn't have parents in many ways. Some of them failed to even provide just the basics of what life looked like. I'm sorry, like I just don't know what that's supposed to look like. And I realize that it's hard to hear the kind of that just straightforward, straightforward picture of what God's saying here. But what God's saying here is that, is that we owe our parents a debt of honor, not because they earned it. Just give me a handheld. Not because they earned it. We are to honor them as father and mother, regardless. We are to honor them, whoa, as father and mother, regardless of how they've done being a father and a mother. Now, I just want to make a quick note here about just destructive parents. When a parent is, is, is violent or is physically or sexually abusive, emotionally destructive, children of any age must like, put tangible distance between themselves and that parent. That doesn't mean necessarily that you cut off relationships permanently or you cut them off completely. But when a parent is continually bringing destruction into your life, it is right to justly distance yourself. So that's a caveat. The second thing is one of the ways in which we honor our parents in the midst of difficulty and the changing dynamics is, is by developing a community of parental honor. Here's the thing, like you can't see rightly into your relationship with your parents, not fully and rightly. One of the things that we need is we need other people to help us navigate what kind of the complexities of the boundaries of what it means to relate to our parents to get outside counsel, and the, more, and the messier it is, the more important this is to get outside counsel and, and wisdom of what needs to be confronted and, frankly, what just doesn't. Like one of the, one of the most challenging, discerning things we have towards our parents, and, and this shifts, of course, through, throughout the ages, is, is, what, is the, what is the won't and what is the can't? I think I've talked about this before, but there's a, there's a fundamental difference between something that someone won't do and something that someone can't do. And one of the things that we struggle with, especially as children of parents who have disappointed us, who have who've missed the mark, who have hurt or harmed us, what we find ourselves doing is like, is like they, they repeatedly won't and they won't and they won't. And, and at some point, what happens is that parents who won't long enough, who choose not to deal, not to, not to repent, eventually can't. And one of the things it looks like for us to honor our parents is to not pound them until they relent. Some of you have parents who can't anymore. Some of you have parents who can't because they've passed. But some of you have parents because they can't because they've, they've made 50 decisions of won't that won't allow them 
to do so anymore. And so what does it look like for us to do this as a community is to be able to have discerning friends, wise counsel on how we're going to relate to parents and honor them in the seasons of our lives. But lastly, we honor our parents by forgiving them. Some of us can't honor because we're so angry or so disappointed with our fathers or our moms. We can't honor because we're consumed with either the way that they did certain things or the way that they didn't do them. Feel all the pressure to please them or we committed to never please them. Either way, we're not free people. And we're not free to honor them as we can. This is what Lewis Meads again shares and invites us into. He says, if you cannot free your parents from their wrongs and see them as the needy people they are, you enslave yourself to your own painful past. And by fastening yourself to the past, you let your hate become your future. To forgive, he says, is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Uh, listen, you know, over the years, 20 years of ministry, like I've, I've had plenty of conversations with people, whether it's students when I was in student ministry or folks in their 50s who are still carrying around a lot of the pain, sorrow, disappointment, unmet expectations, unmet longings from their parents. And they're actually trapped in it. Which is why my, the invitation I have for you, if you're in your, I call it your middle years, your 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even a little bit into your 50s, like it is, it is pivotal that we do the work of becoming free from the damage of our parents in a way that is affecting, leaves us reactive instead of proactive, instead of free. If you don't, it will stick with you. And if you don't, it will be too late at some point. But the invitation for you to pursue freedom so that you may be the kind of person that honors your parents freely. I think one of the things that I experience like repeatedly or over and over is, is, is um, men and women who see the commands of the Lord as impossible because, because they have, that means that you're going to have to go through pain to get there. And I think what God's inviting us to in this command is he's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually putting this before you. By the way, some of you have amazing parents, and honoring them is actually really, really easy. And it's fantastic. But for most people, if you're honest, something is, wasn't right. Something was missing. There were gaps. And the invitation of the what seems to be potentially an impossible command is actually an invitation into something profoundly good and transformative. So today may be the most significant, maybe the most significant way that you can honor your parents, your father, your mother is to forgive them, to release them from the places in your heart that were either demanding or critical, or they've, they've taken on a disproportionate God figure in your life, and to pay for them the emotional debt of pain that they owe you. By the emotional debt of pain that they caused you, or by the way, it could be others. Or that maybe they're still causing you today, whether by what they do or by what they don't do. Listen, your, your, your parents didn't always do the best they could. I didn't. 
And by default, there is a gap there. We are flawed, sinful people raising little flawed, sinful people imperfectly. That's what parenting looks like. What that means is we need, above all, grace. And so, to all of us, loved ones, honor your fathers and mothers. Parents of all ages, be worthy of honor. Live in such a way that your children have much to honor you for. That's easy to honor you, not just at a funeral, but in the middle of a conversation and to their friends. I remember a couple of years ago having a conversation with Donna Smith. Um, she was talking about how one of the ways in which she's, she and Jackie are seeking to honor their kids is by simplifying the stuff in their home so that their kids don't have to go through a ton of junk on the other side of it. Well, that's, that's a small thing, but like you, those of you who've been lived in the same place for a long time, you know what that looks like. And it's just a way in which they're saying, hey, we want to be easy to honor to our kids. We want, to, we want the load to be light for them. Let us honor our parents. Let us be parents who are worthy of honor. So here's your, here's your homework. Ask your parents, what are the ways that you feel particularly honored by me, by us? And secondly, what are the ways do you feel that I fall short in honoring and respecting you? Parents, ask your children, what are some of the things that I'm doing that make it easy to honor me? And also, in what ways have I or do I currently make it difficult for you to honor and respect me? And then listen to each other. Now, maybe you feel like it's too late. Maybe you feel like it's too late with, you know, parents have passed or as a parent, you feel like it's too late. You've made all the mistakes. It's never too late. It's the beauty of the gospel. His mercies are new every morning. And the reason it's not it's too late is because it was never something that you were gonna be able to pull off by yourself anyway. Like I'm talking about like the magnitude of those pieces of what it looks like to honor your parents. At some point, those will become weighty and difficult and unpleasant and things that you're gonna be like, I don't want to. N no. So how? How do we do this? Well, there's a deeper how than just a what we do. We honor our parents not by having our eyes fixed on them, but by having our eyes fixed on the one who has been and will always be the perfect parent to us. Like, you wanna know how you honor your parents? Like, you free yourself from having to have them be the thing that defines you in any way by transferring that over to the good and perfect father who did all things, gave all things. You have a father that's like the father of the prodigal sons, right? Who takes his own honor and casts it out, who makes himself a fool, who becomes shameful for you, who runs out to receive the one who is not worthy of honor. That's the kind of father you have. And the invitation of that is to allow that deep love of the Father, the thing that we talk about, the first four commandments, that deep love of the Father that we have for him to be that which covers your soul and allows you to move towards your parents with honor. Because not only have you forgiven, but you're able to see them rightly and clearly because you're able to see yourself rightly and clearly in light of who God is. 
That's how we become free people. That's how we become the kind of people who live counterculturally. Not, not the kind of people who are like, hey, listen, relationships with family are difficult, so like, let me just choose my other family. I'm going to make a family. I make my own family. Like, it's not how it works. God is giving you a father and a mother. And I, look, I'm looking out here. Like, I know some of your stories. Like, I'm literally going like, oh, that's a rough one. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, he really hurt you. Like, I know this. Like, and God's inviting you. He's not pushing you away. He's not kicking you down the aisle so you do something right. No, he's inviting you to more of himself that there would be more of himself to give through you. Do you see? The impossibility of the commandment is an invitation to him. So listen, as we come to the communion table now, this meal that God set before us to remind us of his love for us, of the finished work through his son, Hear the words of Isaiah 43 over you, regardless of where you find yourself this morning. This is what your perfect father is saying to you. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, your father, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Loved ones, if you belong to Jesus through his grace, through the reflection of reality of this meal, then you're invited to come and, and to receive that love, to let it permeate deep down in your soul in a way that allows you to, from the inside out, to begin and to continue and to strive to honor your parents in a way that honors the Lord. He has honored you with his son, so come and receive the grace of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Sometimes it just feels like this is a hard saying. And for some, this is a light saying. And Lord, I just, I want to first just thank you for, for the many, many parents who are worthy of honor that are sitting here today, that are, that are watching online, who have lived in such a way that, that allow honor to be easily bestowed, not perfectly, but, but, but easily bestowed, lightly so. Thank you, Father, for the, for the depth of that, for the ways in which you formed us through that. Lord, for those of us that are really struggling today, that are they're seeing the imperfections as the loudest things, the, the, the brokenness, the cost of what wasn't, of what was inflicted, Lord, like deep healing must happen. And not just once, it has to happen over and over again by your grace. And so, Lord, that's what we ask for. We ask for your grace and comfort to shower over. And then beyond that, Lord, we ask for your power to be able to see you as perfect Father carrying us through fire and through storm and through river. You are with us. You don't abandon. You don't leave behind. You are with. You came for. And you call us beautiful and true. And you love us. You honor us. And so we now honor you. So receive your grace right now. We pray that you would be honored by our trust in you in a way that allows us to obey our parents, to honor our parents, to the praise and glory of your name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
If you belong to Jesus, this is your meal, so come and receive the grace of Christ.